Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Welcome back to another episode of Not Just Talk. I am so glad you've carved out time to join me today. I have a lot I want to share. Uh, Again, straight from my heart. This is something that the Holy Spirit has burdened my heart with personally, and I want to share it with all of you. It might sound heavy at some points, but if you could just hear the heart I'm coming from and understand that this is coming from a place of love and truth and a high call for the body of Christ, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is just going to ignite a passion in you today for his word, for his truth, uh, for his kingdom, for the people that you have an opportunity to influence in your daily lives on a regular basis. So I'm super excited to share. I don't know what time it is where you are, but it's early morning for me. And, um, so I've already had, (laughs) I've already had two cups of coffee and I am ready to go. I'm ready to share from my heart. I really felt led to share some of my personal experiences with people who are not Christians and how God has used me powerfully in their lives. And I've had so many opportunities to be, be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the light to the world And I want to share with you some truths, some biblical truths, uh, hold you kind of accountable to God's heart and also share with you that, you know, give you examples that it's not that difficult once you have the love of the father running through you and you understand everything that Jesus paid for was for you to extend, for you to release, for it to run in you and run through you to those around you and really impact lives so casually yet supernaturally, you are going to come alive inside. I promise this is fully living. This is the gospel. This is what God is calling his church into. And so I'm believing that as I share today, you might feel a little poke, a little sting because you might feel convicted, but know that God's grace and his mercy is calling you back to his heart because he genuinely wants you to understand that you are here for such a time as this. And it's something to be excited about. I've learned a lot by listening to people who are not Christians. I've asked them questions. I've leaned into the Holy Spirit to help me guide through conversations in the most loving way possible. One of the biggest mistakes I think we make as believers is to be shocked by a worldly lifestyle. And then we either, uh, we, we find ourselves either reacting or retreating out of that shock. We have bought into a lie that says the world hates us and wants nothing to do with us. And we're hiding in our small groups, pulling straight into our garages and missing so many powerful opportunities of being the hands and feet of Jesus. And honestly, many are judging the very ones we're called to love. I want you to realize that it's it's really impossible to love those you're judging. You can fake it. You might even fool a few people. But God knows what's in your heart. And honestly, 
We're judged according to the measure we've judged others. We need to take an honest evaluation of our own hearts and realize that we've got a lot of growing to do ourselves. We've not arrived at perfection. So let's stop pretending we have it all together and let's stop looking down on those who have a different lifestyle or different belief systems or different stances. I'm talking about those who do not call themselves Christians. I am talking to anyone who finds themselves criticizing on any level in any way, even if what that person is doing is hurting themselves, can we please stop with the critical spirit? It's making us ugly and ineffective. We have to stop judging. We have to stop criticizing. We have to stop putting ourselves in a category and putting our lights under the bowl. This is in Matthew. It talks about you wouldn't put a light under the bowl. You would remove the light so that it gives light to everybody who's in the room. Well, realize that there's lots of rooms in your life. (laughs) There's your workplace. There's your home, which we talked about last week. There is your neighborhood, the grocery store, the restaurant you go to regularly. God has opportunities for you everywhere that you cannot find them. You cannot see them if you're operating in a critical spirit, if you're judging people, if you're shocked by the world's standard of living. I want, I'm going to read a few scriptures that reveal that this has clearly been a struggle for generations. This is not new or shocking to God, but he is calling us back to his heart. Okay, so let's start here. Let's start with Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own? Now, I understand that they're, call- they're, they're talking about a brother, and we do that in the church. Okay, we, we are so ugh, righteous in our own eyes, and we are criticizing and judging a lot of our brothers and sisters. And that is something we do need to talk about, but we're not going to talk about that one today. I want to talk about this as a habit that we've formed within ourselves where we are very critical, we're judging one another, but um, I want to take that to outside of the church and what that looks like to the world's standard of living and realize that if we walk around with a plank in our eye and we're constantly calling out those who think differently and believe differently, differently than us... Um, We're going to have a really hard time helping them. We're going to have a hard time seeing them through God's love. And it's keeping us blind and ineffective from seeing people through love, through grace, through mercy. And it's not honoring to God. We've got to work on this one. There's another one that I want to pull from. Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. I want to stop right there for a minute. I have talked to a lot of non-Christians, and one of the things that they've said to me is, there's just so many rules, I don't think I can live that way. And I understand what they're talking about, and I'm not saying that I agree but I understand the framework that they're coming from because a lot of times we dismiss the power of the Holy Spirit. We dismiss the love of God. We dismiss all of these things, all the miracles, the healing touch, and the other, you know, powerful 
heart of the move of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, we go straight to condemnation and rules, and it does feel very overwhelming, and it does feel like a high standard and a hard thing to live by, but that's because we've done it apart from mercy and grace, and we're not seeing through love and through the Father's heart, so it does come off like a list of rules. So I want you, I want you to understand that I have sat with people. I have talked to people. And I've listened and I've understood and I found common ground and I I found ways to be compassionate and empathetic and pull them back into a way where they're understanding God's way and his design as creator is the right way. But you have to come at it from a place of love and not condemnation. Let me start over. Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips. How many people are honoring God with their lips but their hearts are far from God, meaning we can say all the right things, but if our heart is not, you know, if we're not taking an honest evaluation of our own heart, if we're being unloving, unforgiving, where we're holding back love, we're being judgmental, we're being critical, that's what God means by his heart is, their hearts are far from him, where we can say one thing, but we're not really living it for ourselves. And we need to really address these things in our own hearts. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. How often are we letting words of criticism, judgment, condemnation, unloving words to just spout out of our mouth toward other people and we're not realizing what's going on in our own hearts that's causing us to judge people unfairly and again, we can't love them well. I was actually reading in my Bible this morning. This message was already stirring in my heart, and then I opened to Romans 2. The scripture is talking about how often, and and we have to look at these things, we have to own it, because I've, again, I've, I've sat with a lot of people who don't claim Jesus, who are not Christians, and one of the arguments that they have, which I think is fair and valid, is that so many people claim Christianity, but they're doing things that are in opposition to what they say they believe all the time. And I, I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've even, you know, <laughs> had those areas in my life that I really needed to work on, those gray areas that really just kind of kill my witness. We talk about that a lot. But here we are, Romans 2. I'm going to read from the NLT version. You may think you can condemn. I'm sorry, this is Romans 2, 1 through. I'm not sure where I'm going to stop. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and and should be punished, you are condemning yourselves. For you judge others. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Realize, I want I want you to just kind of look at the big overview of what I just read. If we are not taking an honest look at our own hearts, our own actions, our own behaviors, and the things that are coming out of our mouths, and then we're judging others for their lifestyle and their sinful nature and their sinful ways, but we're not even willing to yield to the Holy Spirit and correct our own, realize we are going to be judged for those actions and behaviors. Okay, we're going to be judged for judging other people. 
we are judged according to truth, which means we have to go to the word of God and we have to make adjustments in our own lives that line up with God's will, not our own, and stop justifying and giving ourselves permission to be messy Christians. I know we've talked about this a lot. So we have to first and foremost look at that and look at that reality. And then we have to remember, okay, I want you to remember it was God's loving kindness that called you to his heart and away from sin. And that is the very same method that God wants us to extend to the world around us. We have to take these scriptures to heart, recognizing where we're actually partnering with the enemy. It's not only polluting our own heart, he might even be the reason someone wants nothing to do with God. For me personally, I can't live with that. See, I, I want to damage the kingdom of darkness. I want to be as shrewd as a snake, as innocent as a dove, which means I want to be so discerning and I want to see where the enemy is at work in all situations, creating criticism and division and chaos and strife and unforgiveness and bitterness. I want to I wanna discern what the enemy is doing and I want to be as innocent as a dove and I want to come into situations and I want to be able to flip it for God's gain. I literally have this picture of me everywhere I go where my feet walk. I have an opportunity to release the kingdom of heaven and I'm going to find opportunities and this is God's heart for all of us. We're family, okay? So we can get real. We can talk about these things. We can wrestle these things out. We can take an honest look at our own heart without condemnation. This message is not to condemn you or even make you feel discouraged. I want to encourage all of us today, okay? God's saving grace is for the worst of the worst, and we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere we go. We've been invited into, through the blood of Jesus, reconciled back to God's heart, filled with his power, and radically changed is for that messy person you work with, and for the one who lives in your neighborhood that claims there is no God, for the drug addict that can't stop using. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Seriously, get this. God deeply loves the one who has a different political view than you, the one who votes the opposite of you. Yeah, I went there. Can we stop partnering with division? God loves them. Here's my rule of thumb. If you ain't a Christian and you don't claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I take all biblical expectations off. I am not shocked by the messiest situations or lifestyles. Can I be real? Have you read your Bible? (laughs) I'm sorry, but the last couple of years, the way my brothers and sisters in Christ have been so shocked by the world's behaviors and actions and, and twisted way of thinking and their lifestyles and their things that really uh, grieve God's heart. So I'm not, I'm not giving any kind of permission. Believe me. Okay. Believe me. I hold my, myself and all believers up to godly standards of living, but I've read my Bible. I've read through Genesis and Exodus. I've read through the Old Testament. I've read through the New Testament, and I'm telling you, it's pretty disgusting. I mean, nothing that we're experiencing today is anything different than what was already happening in the Old Testament. And yes, God calls us out of our sin. Yes, we're going to be judged according to our lifestyles and things like that. I am not dismissing um the reality that we do have to get our lifestyles lined up with righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. Yes, yes, yes. But we got to stop being so shocked that the world is behaving like the world, acting like the world, living like the world with lifestyles that are the opposite of God's design. Okay, so I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to share with you one of my most powerful 
testimonies of what it looks like to be a light, to be an extension of the heart and the love of Jesus. I have many stories. I wrote about this one in my my most recent book, Ripple Effect, but I really felt like, man, this, and I've actually shared it a few times when I've been invited to speak um, at conferences and events. So and this is a story that I've uh, that I have shared before. So if it's repeat, uh, that's okay because I think it's important to remember these stories. It's it's important to relive them and keep them at the forefront of our minds and hear them over and over and over again, so that we can be reminded that God can use us powerfully everywhere He plants us. And if you're hearing for this for the first time, I really believe that it's going to ignite something in you today. I know I've already shared that I've been intentional wherever I live. I've built communities. Um, It's so funny. I have a friend, this was a couple of years ago, we went out on a couple date and she, she said to me, I, I, I don't even remember how this subject came up, but she just saw the way that I interact with people that I go to regularly, whether it's a restaurant or, you know, things like that. And um, I said, yeah, we've been coming here for a long time and we've built relationships with them because she saw like, oh, I walked into the sushi place and I hug the server that's been serving us for years and I ask her how she's doing and things like that. And I just, you know, I, I, I really was just being very casual. It's normal. It's natural for me. And, um, I said, you know, we've been coming here a long time. She goes, is it that you've been coming here for a long time or is this just who you are and you build relationships everywhere you go? I think this is just who you are. I thought that was really cool. See, people see it. People, you don't even have to say it. People see it. And that's my heart. That's my goal. My goal is for people to see it without me having to say it. So, okay, back to the apartment complex that I was living in in Colorado. I had this neighbor that lived next door to me. And gosh, I I, I maybe have even shared this in my podcast before. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm going to share the story because I feel like God wanted me to. <laughs> okay, so... She was moving in. It was late at night and I was by myself sitting on the couch. I don't know. I was, I was, it was my previous marriage. I'm not sure where he was. He may have been at work. Who knows? Um, but I was alone. The kids were asleep and I was sitting on the couch and I hear this crash outside and I immediately jump up and I go outside and I see the box is open. Everything is flying everywhere. And, um, so I just immediately help her start putting everything in the box. And I saw there was a lot of medications and a lot of pills and things of that nature. So I, you know, I kind of knew like, hmm, okay, this is a boatload of medication. I don't know if there's a sickness or something going on, but you know, it, it just kind of like, there's something that's a lot of medication. I don't know if she has a, you know, maybe an addiction of some sort to medication. I wasn't going to sit there and look and judge. I just wanted to help her and love her. And that was the beginning to a friendship. Well, I built a friendship with her and I would, she was not a believer. Um, She actually was, uh, she grew up Mormon, but was not living a Mormon lifestyle either. It was a very worldly lifestyle and she had been badly hurt by the church. She had been badly hurt in her life and she had just completely and totally given up, um, on any kind of faith or belief and she was just doing her own thing and 
that didn't bother me. I continued to encourage her. She would open up and share some things with me because I started building a relationship with her. She started to trust me, trust me with her struggles, her depression, and things like that. And the Lord would speak something to my heart in the morning during my Jesus time. And all of a sudden, I find myself in conversation with her later. I'm like, oh my gosh, this word is for you. So I'd go home and I'd tear out my journal page and I'd hand it to her. So she she knew right away that this is my life with Jesus. And I just loved her from that place and encouraged her in the Lord. Any opportunity that I had, I would knock on her door and I'd be like, all right, time to go work out. And she'd be like, I don't want to today. And I would drag her out and bring her to the fitness room with me. And, you know, so like I said, we did life together. She had four kids. I'd knock on her door and be like, come on, let's go outside. The kids, you know, let's get the kids to the playground. And I'd sit and I'd talk with her And I just built relationship with her. And this was separate than, you know, my small group at church and going to church on Sundays and being plugged into community there. This was um, just a friendship that I was intentional with that I built as my neighbor in my apartment complex years and years ago. Well, the Holy Spirit had revealed to me that she had some secrets in her life that I'm not going to get into. I'm not going to share those details but they would make your jaw drop if you knew the details of what was going on in her life. And I did not let it bother me. I did not let that change my stance. I continued loving her. I continued to build a relationship with her. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not going to be phased by this. You know, God revealed this to me because he's trusting me with this information, not to judge her, not to criticize her, but to love her from a place of wisdom and insight. And I stayed in my position and I continued to love her and encourage her. And one day we were in the fitness room and we were working out and all of a sudden she sits down on the treadmill and she just totally breaks down. And she openly shares with me all that's going on in her life, the secrets, they just started bubbling out and she was broken. She was so broken and so afraid to tell me her secrets, but for whatever reason, My loving kindness drew her to the heart of Jesus in a way that she felt the need to confess the secrets that she had in her life. That is what God does. I didn't call her out. I didn't judge her, even though the Holy Spirit had already told me. And I was able to look at her straight in the eye after her confession. And I said, I know. And she's like, what? What do you mean you knew? And I said, yeah, God told me what was going on. She goes, you, you knew what was going on and you didn't change the way you treated me? I said, no, why would I? I love you. God loves you. And she looked at me and I'll never forget what she said to me. She goes, nobody has ever loved me like Jesus before. That was powerful. But I really want to highlight that I didn't judge her. I had information that was 100% against God's heart and God's standard of living. I continued to love her. I stayed in my position. It drew her to repentance. And the end result was she met Jesus through me. Family, we got to stop being so shocked that the world looks like the world and find out how we can be the love of Jesus without making them feel judged and condemned. We are burning bridges every single day instead of building them and it's making us ineffective. We're pushing people away from the love of God rather than loving them to repentance. Jesus is our model. He was not afraid to sit with the sinners, and he loved them to their freedom. What's stopping us? Honestly, what I've personally witnessed is that my brothers and sisters in Christ are either judging them and isolating from the ones who have a different belief, 
loudly or secretly, or when they get around people who don't claim to be Christians, they conform to their patterns rather than standing firmly rooted in the faith they profess to believe. That's a whole nother conversation, but it's true. And like I said, we got to stop judging and pull the plank out of our own eyes, right? I can't even count how many conversations I've been in with someone who has a sour taste about Christianity or has been badly hurt by Christians or say things like, yeah, they claim to be a Christian, but how is their lifestyle any different than mine? It's a joke. What's the point? They're hypocrites. They're judgmental. They're rude. They're unloving. And I can't even blame them for feeling that way because I've witnessed it. And I've been a recipient of some pretty terrible behaviors coming from my own church family. There are too many people that are getting hurt by the church who claim Christianity, and we have got a lot of work to do. We've got to stop hiding behind the, well, I'm not perfect, I'm just love tagline, and realize that there are so many people. I'm telling you right now, as somebody who has sat and listened, they are looking for something that is real and authentic and believable, and we cannot be that people until we are living out what we believe in a way that glorifies our Father in heaven and start loving people into his kingdom. We need to get our hearts lined up with our Heavenly Fathers and start building some bridges instead of burning them. Amen? I have another story that I want to share of when I lived in Ohio and the apartment secretary. And they had fresh-baked cookies every day, so my kids would go in and they would get a cookie after school every day. And, I, you know, I've taught my kids to be polite, say thank you, and things like that. And so the, the secretaries that worked there just got to know my kids on a regular basis. And every morning I would go into the fitness room that was kind of off of the church, off, or the church, off of the apartment complex office, and I would work out. So I would walk through, I'd go into the fitness room, I'd work out, and of course, before I'd go in, I'd strike up a conversation, I'd smile, I'd be loving. You know, I carry the presence of the Holy Spirit everywhere I go, and let me just tell you, when you are intentional, when you understand what you carry, it is attractive. Okay, people, people aren't even going to fully understand why they're attracted to you, but it's the light and the love of Jesus that is shining through us that is an attraction if we're intentional and we understand what we carry and we're not carrying our rush to the next and busyness and bitterness and unforgiveness and our impatience and all those things. When we're carrying the fruit of the spirit, it draws people to Jesus and they don't even know what's drawing them yet. They think they're being drawn to us, but really they're being drawn to Jesus in us. And so that's kind of how I live my life. And so I'm, you know, casually just interacting with these two women on a regular basis. And they see that I go to the fitness room every morning and I had to start going earlier and earlier. And all of a sudden, one of the secretaries who was a heavy chain smoker, that's kind of an Ohio thing, um, but she was a heavy chain smoker and she talked about how she used to work out, work out and she really let herself go. And she was inspired by my commitment and she wanted to join me plus you know the the casual conversations that we'd have and the relationship that I was building with her kind of drew her in and she wanted to start working out with me so she would come in before her shift and she would work out with me which led to many other conversations she learned that our family moved out there to be a part of a church plant that I was a Christian and I think she just started connecting with okay that's why she's so different Interestingly enough, she started opening up and she started to share with me that she was raised Christian, but she kind of walked away from God. She struggled in that area and things like that. And so she just started to share with me her heart and how she just didn't see that, you know, people were authentic. It's like they believed 
these things, but they weren't any different. And it seemed like a standard that she just couldn't live up to either. Honestly, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit was not taught in her church and things like that. Again, that's for another subject. But she started opening up with me and she started to share these things with me. And I just kind of continued to be a light and encourage her and just empathize with her and say, I'm sorry you were hurt by the church. I'm sorry. You know, that's not God's heart. That's not who he is. And it was just a powerful opportunity to let my light shine, let my good deeds shine before man so that they could glorify my Father in heaven. And these are these small opportunities that we can find ourselves in if we're living intentionally and we're not afraid of somebody who lives different than us. I realize this can feel risky in a lot of ways. If you're anything like me, you were raised and taught that people are going to hate you and be careful who you're around so that you don't fall into temptation. And there are scriptures that are that that say that and we do need to be aware and we need to, we do need to realize that there are places all over the world where Christians are hated but I'm telling you I found in my life out here it's very rare it's very rare if you come at it from the love of Christ and yes we have to be very intentional that we are not falling into temptation and and we're not conformed by the patterns of this world but we are living transformed and we are firmly footed in our faith and we're living out what we believe and we're holding God's standard of living for ourselves and I, you know, I went through many seasons where I really did have to pull back. I had to surround myself with a lot of accountability because I was weak and I was vulnerable and I was susceptible to those traps, but I've really trained myself. I've moved away from needing that, you know, that, oh, don't do this and don't do that. It's so woven and ingrained in me. I've, I've, like I said, I've trained myself in this. There is nobody that holds me to a higher standard outside of the word and the Holy Spirit than myself. I I have trained myself. I hold myself to such a high standard. I yield to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, even in, even in the areas that nobody else could see, my thought life and things like that. I am so willing to be corrected. I really, truly want to honor the Lord. I know I've shared this th- these things before, but I've really trained myself. And, and so for me, it's so easy to sit at the table with sinners, right? To sit at the table with sinners and people who have a lifestyle that looks very different than my Christian lifestyle and not conform or feel like I can't be a light. I find opportunities all the time and it's powerful and it's amazing. And it's very, very rare that I'm actually hated or shut down. And I think part of the reason is I've really separated what I hold myself accountable to. I don't hold people to that same standard, especially the people, well, the people who don't claim Jesus. If you claim Jesus, that's a whole different (laughs) ballgame. I've learned to see them through my father's heart and find ways to make them feel totally loved. And I usually get turned around. My beliefs have been challenged many times. I've been mocked. But what's crazy is the Holy Spirit fills me with wisdom and words that are understandable to someone who's never read the Bible and who has no grid for moral standards, the ones I live by. And you know what? It's amazing because their walls come down and they actually find what I'm saying makes more sense than the way they're living. I've literally been told that. I've been told by people who live a very worldly lifestyle, what you're saying actually makes sense I'm going to quote somebody that I had in a conversation. This was over 10 years ago, but he said, 
for the first time in my life, I've been living this way. I've believed this way. I thought anybody else who did it differently was absolutely crazy. He was talking about um, waiting to get married to have sex. And he said, for the first time in my life, you've caused this grown man to rethink the way I've been doing it. I'll tell you, it was through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to meet me in a moment of being mocked and pushed back and challenged for my belief. And I was able to speak to him in a way that made sense to the point where he was willing to rethink his promiscuous lifestyle. You guys, only God shining through us can accomplish this. I'm not afraid of somebody who thinks differently. I am so confident in God's created values and his way of living. I am so firmly footed in my faith and I see the Father's heart. And this is through a stripping in my own life. I don't live by rules. I understand that God's design is better. God's design is my freedom. And people see that. People start to understand that. And it's attractive. Here's my heart in a nutshell and why you won't hear me talking about political beliefs, worldly concepts, systems, and enter into those divisive debates and things like that. We live in a culture and in a time where people are cutting people off very quickly. We live in what we're calling cancel culture. And I don't want the gospel to be canceled in my life. I don't want to be ineffective for the kingdom of heaven because I've taken such a strong stance. I can't, I can't even love them to Jesus. Okay, so my focus is constantly on finding a common ground and an opportunity to show them the love of God from a place of love and grace and mercy. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the hearts of sin. I don't need to sit there and judge and condemn and point out everything they're doing wrong. And there is a time and a place for that. And I use and I exercise and I walk in major intentionality and wisdom before I even go there in conversations. It's private. It's between the two people that I've built relationship with. It's when God gives me an opportunity and I know he wants me to speak some truth to that person's heart. So again, I promise you, I don't dismiss truth. I just find opportunities to share the gospel and be the hands and feet and love people to Christ. And I want to read to you a scripture that I hold very tightly to my own heart that I believe God wants you to hear and potentially look at, just kind of look at your own heart and see like, hmm, am I, am I off in some of my beliefs? Am I off in some ways that I've been, you know, going about my faith? And is God calling me to shift some things and open myself up in other ways? So I'm going to read to you from the message version because I think that it really paints a beautiful and powerful picture and it really expresses my heart. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. And again, this is the message version. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous, morals, loose living, immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. And that is my heart. I don't want to talk about what I believe. I want to be in on it. I want to be a vessel, a living example 
I want to be the embodiment of Christ. I want to sit with sinners. I want to find ways to love people. I want to remove any judgmental, critical spirit that would come in and and the enemy would use me to create division and hurt and push people away from the love of God. Do you want to be in on what God wants to do here on earth through the church? First, make sure you're honoring God with your whole heart and not living a double life. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Don't hide behind the I'm not perfect and justify a lifestyle that doesn't reflect God's way. Turn from your sin and get your life back on track. Okay? I'm still a work in progress. This is not coming from a place of judgment or condemnation. Please, please, please don't put words in my mouth. Okay? Get firm-footed. Train yourself in godliness. Train yourself in righteousness. Yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to break you free of those chains that are holding you back from living in your freedom, from walking in obedience, and really glorifying and honoring God in your life. And number two, remove the plank from your own eye. Remember that you have been forgiven to be that very same extension of forgiveness to all who cross your path and ask the Holy Spirit to give you eyes to see people the way he does. You'd be surprised at how clearly you see when that plank isn't in your way. You're going to see people through the love of the Father. It's going to be so natural and so overwhelming. The world is crying out for something authentic and genuine. Will you take my word for it? I have sat with sinners. I have sat with the world. And if I could tell you there is one common theme that I have heard over and over and over again, and the one thing that has attracted them to God through me is because I am authentic, I am genuine, I am living out my faith in its purest form, and they feel it, and they see it, and it's attractive. It's time for all of us to allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us and radically love someone into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen. Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.